Across the Park is a Merseyside born football podcast produced by Three Blues and Three Reds. Each week we get together to discuss the goings on at both Everton and Liverpool football clubs, combining balanced debates with some light hearted banter. more about us and the podcast please visit www.acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk or on social media facebook across the park youtube across the park and instagram and twitter is across the park pc hello and welcome to this week's episodes of across the park brought to you again this week by Checkfit, the online directory for gym club and class on all the social media platforms at Checkfit and on the tinter web at checkfit.co.uk Gary, looking at me, I know you love that tint of web, don't you? <laughs> Proper wall behaviour, that. <laughs> Good weekends? Um, average, really. He was in work on nights and then watched watch the Reds. It's about it. Judgy, I know you're going to save us. You went to see the Venger boys, didn't you, on Friday? Well, it was meant to be the Venger boys, yeah. We went to Bongos on Friday. That We were attracted by the uh, the addition of the Venger boys, but very disappointed when they didn't even know the words. So, so there are many songs that they released. <laughs> they only had like three hits. We knew the words more than them, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. So they, they like broke into one minute of the song and then just stopped. That's true. You didn't you go based on it was the Venger Boys playing? It wasn't about Bongo's Bingo for you. It was the Venger Boys with I the. Can't confirm or deny that, Mills. Okay, we'll take that as a yeah. I did want to win something though, but I never won it, unfortunately. Finally, Phil, good weekend. Yeah, didn't do too much. I was um, yeah, watched the match in Formby this week with loads of wolves. Uh, I was jujitsu in Ormskirk, so then I had to, uh, I had to fight. fight <laughs> <laughs> Dead half, yeah. you know. Best yeah. bit of my weekend was me mum's roast on Sunday. That was it. Okay, well, the Reds are swimming against the tide this week. There's only two of them. We're missing Terry's over in Australia. So we've got Phil and Gary, and then the three blues, Judgy, Neil, and myself, Millsy. Um, we'll start with the Everton game, um, simply because Liverpool have had two games to cover. So we'll start with the blue side of things. Um, defeat a home to West Ham I haven't got much to say it was I've been an advocate of it's a project and give it time but that for me was just poor I think it's very early to say to say that it's just a project we're a couple of games in I just think that it is exactly it, it is a project it's going to take time we're not going to gel straight away you've got to give the manager time all of this on social media and it's pathetic it, I'm it not is, an advocate of, of, of some of the stick that he's got, but just watching that performance, we are better than that. We were flat. We were very, very flat. And it, it, it showed that straight off, the, straight off the mark, like I said last week, that I think we need to come charge with the blocks. But it was completely opposite. They did. And we struggled. Um, it, wasn't all, it wasn't all negative the way a lot of fans are saying that it was. Last week, the, the, the positive, one, one of the positives for me was, First of all, I've got to give massive props to Morgan Snyderling playing for the, the time mm. that he did with the stuff that he was going, going on his personal life. He, he lost his father, unfortunately. Um, his commitment there was second to none, and we've got to give him that. Second positive for me was Bernard. He come on and he showed his talent. He, he is looks like roadrunner, first of all. He's, he's so quick. Um, I thought he was a massive positive. I just think we just need to... Just, just, but just it's the fans. Just like instead of like being so negative towards it's towards the plan. I was like, I was like that last season. So I completely, I, I'm, I've been like that in the past when Allardyce was in charge, and I'll hold my hands up and say that. But I did say, and I think we've said in the um, <clears throat> over the episodes that we do have to give Sylvia to give the squad time. It's gonna, 
it is, is, it is, it is a project. It's a transition season. I don't think that stops us saying the fact that they'll pour on Sunday. Oh, I'm all for, I'm on board with the project. I'm on board with the needs time. I, I think he'll get more than more than the previous managers have got. Martinez. I kind of Allardyce and Cumin, but I, we've still got to we've still got to say the facts. Like I said, yeah, no, that was nowhere near good enough for Everton on Sunday. I kind of disagree with what Neil said though about saying West Ham came flying out the blocks. I don't think they were in the game till he well, scored. No, I was going to say I, I I disagree with that. I, I mean, I come. We had a little chat about you know after the game and stuff, and and I, you know from Neil's perspective, I do agree in that people can't get carried away, but I also agree with Millsy that, that the performance wasn't good enough. I don't think we were at the races. I do disagree with Neil. I think we did start well. I think we come out with the right attitude. I think we come at, come at them, and I think it's one of those one of those situations where you know if you get the goal and stuff, it might be a different game. I look back at the stats and things like that. It was never a three-one game in my opinion. They were clinical. We, we had as as many chances, if not better chances than them. Those three, the three shots or the three goals they had were their only real chances in the game. The one that. Uh, Yarmolenko bends in the top corner. It's just a, an outstanding goal, which was obviously preceded by a, a poor pass from from Pickford. Mm. I think this the Mis- mistakes that he said he wouldn't make after Allison made this. I think it's a different mistake, isn't it? It's a very different mistake. It's, it's a passing out from the back mistake. That's not a passing. Allison wasn't passing out from the back. He was doing a crease in. He was still trying to play out from the back. Can quite put them. Still trying to play out for the back. Pickford, put them Pickford the same tried to pick up on it, I think and then absolutely got pass, sold the next game. I think a forwards passing to midfield compared to a crease in in your own area is not in the same yeah. stratosphere. M- as mist- mistake that he weren't gonna make. He said, like, four days earlier. Yeah, he was never going to do a crew turn in his own area. I agree with that. And he still never going to make mistakes <laughs> like Alisson makes. <laughs> he's, he's still not done a crew turn in his own area. Never going to anyway, make a mistake like Alisson makes. We'll agree to disagree with that, but, uh, on, that on that one. But Schneidel, and I think, for me, when I when I look back at the game with, it, with more of a, um, an analytical head-on, I think his absence of mind, which is more than forgivable, was a big factor. I mean, look at just look at the, the uh, Pickers one, for instance. He's tried to pass out in... He was desperate for a pass that Schneiderlin all day long normally offers. He didn't offer that pass or he didn't offer it early enough. Pickford was then forced to find something that wasn't on the cards. It was a poor decision by Pickford, no doubt. But upon losing possession of the ball, Schneiderlin's nowhere near in the position he should be as a defensive midfielder to go and cover the, the loss of possession. The other goals that they've scored, which were on the break, Schneiderlin was nowhere to be seen as a recovering midfielder, which... When your fullbacks push on so high, he should be sitting in the middle of those two centre backs. He was nowhere near that on the on the goals they've scored in the breakaway. I think that obviously he has recognised that Silver. He took him off five minutes before half time. We then scored two minutes later. You know, I think there was clearly a, a massive hole in the middle of midfield, which, you know, when you go two 0 down at home to any team in the Premier League, you're gonna struggle. And I think See, unfortunately what, for us, West Ham were clinical on, on Sunday. Watch, watching the highlights, I was gonna say Dinier, I, I thought he was a bit suspect positionally, but you've kind of addressed that by saying he wasn't fit. It's, always, it, it's lot, always being asked to play. Yeah. You can't look at... For Dinier's that first goal, he wasn't on the scene and the goal no, come from, from but, the right. But Dinier, he did recover. He does get back in that position eventually. However, he's being asked to play that way. You know, They, yeah. they did point it out on match of the day. Look how high the fullbacks are. I'm sorry, but they're being told to be that high. Yeah. They're being told to hook the touchline. You can see from, particularly when we haven't got... Charles, but even when we do, our forwards tuck in a bit more. Walcott doesn't hug the touchline. The full-backs are told to hug the touchline. And they're told to do so because we're dropping a defensive midfielder in in between our two centre-backs. And we're having that back three mills in. Remember, we used to do it under Martinez when Gareth Barry had dropped in. You'd drop in and be the third centre-back. And, and, and it's a massive loss when that when you haven't, if you've got a player who doesn't do that enough. Um, so, 
I think to play that way, sorry, Phil, to play that way, I mean, with a, with a high fullback, similar to how you play sometimes, Robertson's quite up there. The difference is when there's danger, your three midfielders are like dogs on a bone. We didn't have that on Sunday. Schneiderland was didn't have his best game. But we'll won't go too much into that detail because of obviously personal problems. Garner stunk the house out. Sigurdsson again was too far up the pitch to really help the other two. Should he be helping them? Possibly not. He's at the number ten. But we didn't have that again, that, I, hunting, I, that hunting sort of energy of getting the ball you know, back. I disagree with the statements on Garner because what's Garner meant to do when when well, Schneiderland you know, we've addressed didn't start the, the game well so. Garner's running run around you more running than he usually does, which which he does work hard. When Schneiderlin goes off, there's two players in the midfield and about four players in front of him. It was a waste Bernard of playing Garner. Played. He played Garner as the eight and he's not an eight. No, so if you're not going to play him as that hunting midfielder who's going to clean up and look after the defenders, don't play him. Come on, play one he, or the other. I'm, I'm sick of two defensive midfielders. He had to go and play as a six after that with and a six with no one else in front of him apart from Sigurdsson, who was, who was dropped in alongside him. But Sigurdsson didn't know whether he was meant to stick or twist because he's thinking I can't leave Garner on his own you look better in the, in the two than he did in the three Garner he, Garner. he looked better in the two second he half he did stunk the gaff out he did stunk the he had a terrible game I, I he, he, looked, he, he looked better in the second half I actually don't think he, he did, was lost I. in that first half there was times he had the ball yeah, when we were attacking and he was like I, I shouldn't be this yeah, far because he needs a reference point if, you, if, you got a, if you're playing as a number eight and a, again I'm sorry to use the number eight number six thing it doesn't really matter if you're playing as an out and out centre mid and you've got a defensive midfielder next to you, someone who's sitting deep. You're constantly checking your shoulder, thinking, "Where's the deep midfielder? I'm a too far forwards. I'm a too far back." And I think you're right. He was stuck between a rock and a hard place because Schneiderlin was all over the gaff. So it's it's impossible to play in a system where you're looking for movement patterns if the player next to you is is absent. But we're playing identify identify the two players as defensive midfield players, Garnett and Schneiderlin, and we're playing the two of them. But one of them's not playing as a defensive midfield player. So why is he playing? You talking about Garner? Garner what, why is he playing in that? You say it's six or an eight. I had to play Tom Davis. Oh God! As a play, Tom Davis. We're now getting into the the, the the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago, where Davis was nowhere near goes, and I thought it wasn't good. Why didn't Kieran Dow get a go? Why didn't we know, say at I, some point, well, right, Dow, you go on there now, you play those I forward think, balls, think, and you be the link? I think Silver clearly um, sees Dow as as an advanced as a, as a replacement, not a replacement for Sigurdsson, or if if he plays, he plays instead of Sigurdsson. I don't think he thinks that Dow is. Capable or is is able to play that deep. And also, it opinion. was West Ham at home. If, if you're not going to give someone like that a go and attack him midfield, it was coming up through the ranks. If you're not going to give someone a go, three one down to West Ham at home. I don't know when you're going to give him a go. No, but it, let's be honest, Mills. If he'd have brought Dowell on for, for Schneiderlin when Bernard sitting on the bench, would he have been happy with that change? Probably not. No, that's what I mean. I'd, I don't start, I'd, I'd have started with with him over Garner though. <sighs> I don't know. If, if Schneiderlin's going to sit, and all early doors in the season. But the fact that you've been without Richarlison for three games and you've struggled, you're not fearful that you're becoming a one-man team massively. But I, that's like I, I don't think like, you can say you're a, a one-man team. I'm not saying you're iron now. I'm saying you're not worried that you could be heading that way. I, I, I think I said, and we said, we said a couple of times even in the last two games, that any team that had a player who signed who made such an impact would have, would have missed them in the following games. Any team who, any team who's got a new manager and a new system and hits the ground running because of a player like that, and then suddenly lose them, would have been missing them. I think we're not a team at the moment, particularly because our new signings are not quite fit or mm-hmm. or whatever for that reason. We're not a, a team that's, that's got a massive amount of depth and certainly quality in depth. So when you lose a player, our only player in that position really, because we've ended up playing Calvert-Lewin there, and we're shoehorning him in there, and I know Mills has got an opinion on that as well, but we're shoehorning him in there, we're maybe throwing Luckman in when he's not quite ready. We haven't got another player who can actually play in that position at the moment. So, 
I, th- I think you're right that we obviously show we do rely on him massively, but I'm not embarrassed by that because I think he's clearly a top player. Yeah. What but about the thing I is though, Liverpool is the same thing. Like last season when you when Salah went off, you look completely different. And I'm not saying you were a one-man team and you weren't last season, but like when Salah went off, you, you oh, sorry. It happens in the final. That's, yeah. what, I was, that's what I was getting to. Like that's when Salah goes off, you, you go all disjointed. It happened in the Roma game as well, at the home leg when you took so, him off. That's when they got back in the tie, wasn't it? So it's like that's all. I get what you're saying, and we, I do agree with that. But it's the same with most teams. If if you lose an absolutely quality player, Salah, obviously Richarlison. I think um, the thing is with Liverpool, we might not be the same without Salah, obviously. But with Everton, it feels kind of feels like it's not that you're not quite the same; it's that you're nothing without him. Like you're not going to score without without Richardson. Well, in, in fairness, in, in respect to that, Phil Tosson missed two guilt-edged chances on Saturday. I saw them, yeah. Nias, I wouldn't say it was a chance. He hit the bar. I went back to the fact that West Ham had three chances and scored all three goals. Great. Sorry, with it, would you say Nias was weighing a chance? He hit the bar. It was a volley. Hit the bar. I'm not saying it, was it wasn't one of them. I'd say that was a chance. I'd yeah, it was a was chance, a, yeah. but I'm not saying it was like... as it, Should it have scored. Yeah, well, I, would, I wasn't saying after as it, how's he, he not scored yeah, there. Yeah. He's got on the end of a volley that was quite high in the air and he's hit the bar. I don't think I was I was saying, what a chance, get him up. You know, it wasn't, I wasn't criticising him, whereas the chances the Tossens missed and, you know, he's come up, he, are, he is starting to come under fire and rightfully so because he's a number nine who should score goals. I don't think he's had that many chances. I think the, the chances he has on Sunday, he should have scored and... And in fairness to him, last season he was taking them chances comfortably. There was one he had in the middle, like not really a, a, like a one-on-one. Like he should have definitely scored, but he had plenty of time, and he was on like kind of on the edge of the eighteen-yard box centrally, and he had he dragged it. Yeah. it was like, yeah. oh, where's your not, technique there? He had a like, chance in the first half well. with Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson was it Sigurdsson? Had, like he was he was he was going for a shot, and then Tosun was just like just hovering over him, like get out get out of his way. He, he just didn't know oh, where yeah, he was it, going. Well, again, in, in fairness, and that's that's another example. I mean, it wasn't a chance, but again. The Sigurdsson one where, he, you know, he makes the keeper work in the end. He probably should have scored from the position he was in. But, yeah, you're right. Yeah. The head's on the first half as well. He had, he had a clean header in the first half. That was the, that that was the one. Either side of the keeper. That's exactly what I meant. No one said you don't look like you're going to score. because I'm not saying that you don't create any chances. But no, but again, it doesn't you've, like got, again you, you've, got to, you've got to consider, again, if you are a forward who's in that front line, when you've got, excuse me, when you've got someone else who's playing with you who is on fire, it takes the pressure off you and you're kind of thinking, you know what? I don't need to score right now. It'll come for me. Yeah. But when that player gets taken away and you're conscious you haven't scored yet, it suddenly becomes a big thing, doesn't it? And strikers always talk about Still it. Back, when you it? start going through those runs where you haven't scored, suddenly the goal becomes tiny and all that. And you know we're not going to go into the psychology of that. But what did it. you think of your fullbacks? Because when I was watching, I thought they were they were probably your most threatening going forwards. The balls they were putting in was was were quite yeah. good. To be fair, uh, Kenny and and Dini. Defensively, I thought they were proper suspect. No, I don't, no, know, I don't mean. I don't mean. I don't just mean positionally. What you were saying before, as in they were high up the pitch. I know. I know that. As you say, they were getting told to play like that when they were defending one on one with with like Yarmolenko. Well, yeah. Or well, they were left two on one a few times. Well, I was going to well. say. I was going to say that you're saying one on one. If you watch the a lot of the highlights back, it wasn't one on one. And if you're a, a defender playing against someone. I one v one, but suddenly in the in the corner of your eye, you see someone overlapping. Suddenly. It's not a case of I can go and play against him one v one. I've got a half cover the the other yeah. one as well, and especially when you're two goals down, which for large, you know, not for large periods because we got one back, we were behind for long long periods yeah. of the game, and therefore those forward players were half thinking, I don't really want to chase back right now because I'm thinking if we do win the ball, we need to score. Conceding another one, you know. But even see, even the the second goal. I know from from Pickford giving it away and Yam Yamlenko got in t- down the right. 
Dinier gets back in front of them, and I don't know who the other who the other player was next to Dinier, but there was two of them there on on Yarmolenko, and it, it, it didn't look like he worked much really. Two centre back. Goal. It was the centre back. It was um, Holgate, wasn't it? Holgate and Dinier. I think I'm sure it was Holgate. I feel, I feel as though I'd, I'd, if that was if that was us, I'd be disappointed. If Robertson let him get a shot. I'll away be honest. Like I, the most disappointing thing, if you again, if you do watch it back, it is eventually Dinier that gets back in. When he, I'm sure he faces up Holgate, but whether it's Holgate or Zuman is irrelevant. The, the issue that the centre back had before Dinier got back in, he couldn't show him either way because he, he was one v one. Now, in that position as a centre back, you 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 taught to show him into the pressure, show him inside. But you know, if you know Yarmolenko, you know he's only got one foot. As Dinier recovers, the unforgivable thing is that Dinier doesn't just step inside the pitch and make him go on the outside. All Dinier does is kind of steps in as an extra man. No one really. Forcefully put some. It's on his sort right of foot. I've showed him his left foot. I thought. No, they did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, once they got two behind the ball, which was only to be fair, it was one to two seconds at the most. They should have been doing everything they could to put him on the outside. But you, as you I can't said, put the blame on solely on the fullbacks. I no, think the, the centre half partnership was terrible on, on Sunday. I think yeah, the pair, the pair of them look like. Now it is one of the first times they played together, but it, it looked like that. I was going to say they didn't know where each other were going. There was no sort of. I'll take him, you take him. It was like, mm. let's just on a fly here. Yeah. Marco Silva came out at the end of the game and said that the difference between the two teams was the strikers. Basically, we missed our chances. They put theirs away. Yeah, but I that. Say that, but Mills, he's just saying there about the defence. And I felt like your midfield got overrun by a 19-year-old. Declan Rice. Declan Rice, yeah. Declan yeah, Rice, absolutely bossed them midfield. Very good, but Declan Rice is, is again a player who, given, given time on the ball, um, he, he can play and he's a big lad, but he was getting about it. It would have been a dream though to play. Like, I, like I've just gone on about how we were disjointed and how we were overrunning there. It would have been a dream to play in that midfield on, on Sunday for, for a West Ham player because he was getting time on the ball because we couldn't go man to man for man in there because we were overrun slightly. Because the full backs were pushing on for us at times, our midfielders were just having to sit and not put pressure on the ball. So even though he's a he good player. He won a lot of tackles in as well. And like we had comments on social media about like Everton maybe not having enough fight. Uh, he wanted, wanted I just think a lot of this, a lot of this, like, stick to getting, it's, a, yeah, we were awful and we all agree we were awful and that's fine. I think social media have said, but it's just a lot of bashing right now. Like, we played awful, all right. Everyone agrees that. Just let's, the, ba- the, bash, the, the bashing comes from us not being unlucky, being poor. No, when no, you lose a game three one and you go, Jesus Christ, that we were unlucky there. We got turned. No, we, we got turned over I mean, back, by, a, by a team what, who aren't better what, than what us. Silver said was, was was correct, and obviously what Phil mentioned it a minute ago was if if we were to put away our chances be in the first half, we, which we had two two clear chances that we, if we could have put them away, it would have been in winner three two. So yeah, but like I feel like Everton lost the battle in defence, lost the battle in midfield, and lost the battle yeah, up front. Right. No, you, you know, you're right. The, 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 there's, there's obviously a f- football game predominantly in the Premier League, predominantly a one on five margins. They took the chances, we didn't. We weren't, like Mills, he said, we weren't strong and aggressive enough in defence. I don't think we were able to be strong and aggressive enough in midfield for the reasons I've said. But yeah, there's no question we did We did lose the key battles on Sunday, and, and that's the reason why we lost. I just don't think that it's as quite as as extreme as people are making out. I don't think it's like the, oh, here we go, this is the way because West Ham are so poor, why, why that why that reaction is taking no, place? No, no, but at, again, Jarmolenko's first start, yeah. it was Jarmolenko's first start, he was he was man of the match because of the two, uh, you know, good finishes, yeah. and and he was the difference. He says the forwards, but the difference was Jarmolenko, if you're going to say it's Jarmolenko versus Tosin, Tosin missed two chances, he took his two. How yeah. evident is that, by the way, Jarmolenko? We were linked with him, windows. tried to sign him for like two or three windows straight, and, we were having a nightmare with Dynamo Kiev. Yeah. We actually met there, is closing his contract, and he still said no. 
uh, they were just impossible to negotiate with and it's just so evident. Leon, Leon Osmond said it, didn't he? He mm. said it was just it was always going to happen as soon as you've seen Yarmolenko's name on, on the team sheet. Can I just go to as well, Neil, Neil you were saying before, oh, no. you know, it's we got beat, that's fine. You know, we, we didn't play well, that's fine. Michael Silva's got to get time and all that. What's the difference this season compared to Koeman last season? Why why is why has Silva now got to get time? But Koeman, Koeman had, had time. Koeman had a year before last season. Yeah. And also as well, we can't be yeah, ticket happy. We can't no. start going with three managers I agree, last season. I agree, so that's why I'm but Koeman got, got stick last season for losing his, his first few games, not getting the points he needed like the first few games. And you've and pointed on, his start was Stoke, Sith, Man City, Chelsea, Spurs, Man United... Which are games that realistically you aren't expected to win anyway. We, we, we have spoke about this, Gary, and we did. We did. I know, but, what, on a few times. I, but I, this is what I'm getting at now. This the start of this season when the fixtures first come out, and we were all sort of laughing and joking at what are you, what are your expectations for the beginning of the season with the fixtures that you've seen, and very specifically, I said five, Neil said, uh, I, I I'm on five. There's no reason yeah, we can't beat I think Bournemouth, West Ham, Huddersfield, Southampton. I, I think all three of would agree no, with that. No, no one, no, no one disagrees with that. But the, the other thing that I know we all pointed out is the main thing we were looking for is a change in the mentality and the performances. We wouldn't have been happy with three one nils and and three nil nils. I'm not saying look, oh yeah, great, we've got loads of points on the board, but. If we were turning up, going, oh, it's just the same old thing again, and I can't. We we wanted to see young players. We wanted to see a different way of playing. We want to see fast, <coughs> attacking, aggressive football. I think without the two sends and offs that we've had in, in games, we would have had another four points on the board. And and that that loss on Sunday, even if it was three one, if it was three two, we wouldn't be sitting there being so grim about it. I think the worrying thing is the goals we're conceding. Um, I'm not too worried about the goals we're not scoring because I do believe that. Once Richarlison comes in, once Bernard, from what I've seen on Sunday, which is Neil's right to say, I thought he was outstanding. And once he does um, settle in, I don't think we'll have a problem scoring goals. I'm just worried. I don't think personally, having seen Mina, that he's going to bring what we need to that defence. I think like he might Nils, have to play with Jagielka. Yeah, he's got to come back he in Jagielka. Yeah. He needs a leader. And I can't believe, I think we should, we'd have been shocked that we were saying we need Jagielka back in, mm. even when we've got... I mean, you could see, in fairness to Millsy, and he was just saying before about the two centre-backs, you could see Zuma had been relegated with the team the season before because when the chips were down, mm. he, he just so looked, he went missing, yeah. didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Going back to the Koeman point there, I mean, I don't know where you're trying to say we've got some blind love for Silva. Certainly not the case. Koeman's first season, we had a terrible spell. I mean, we lost to... If I told you the teams we lost to in his first six months, Bournemouth, Burnley, Chelsea done us 5-0, Drew with Swansea, got beat by Southampton, which is him going back to his old grounds, Watford beat us 3-2. And then you beat us at Goodison. So he went through a dreadful run before Christmas. We were saying the same things. It's a project, got to stick with him. He did get time. And then obviously, I think the expectation in the summer where we signed all those players and then we started awful. So we're saying, you're saying that, I, I said it was fine, this, fine, that. I'm not saying it's acceptable. We lost. I just think the bashing is a bit too early. To, it just needs a little bit too early to just let's see how we are till January. It, it just... Give us time. That's all. I, I, that's what. That's my opinion. The, the most, the most important thing is he's, he's back to club. No, he's at least got to have the chance to get all the signings playing, hasn't he? Oh, 100%. I don't think there's one signing that he's made so far that we've looked at and went, "Why have he signed him? What's he about?" Even Zuma, who, who we were disappointed with on Sunday, he brings something to the table, doesn't he? And he's a loan signing. Bernard, I'm buzzing with him. I'm excited to see him. You know, Richarlison, no one can question that one. There's not been many signs we've seen so far that we're disappointed in. Certainly the way we're playing and the way we're looking to play is not discouraging to us. There's just those 
they, they just look like a team that that, that needs a gel and needs hands. Well, if that's the case, balance. if that's the case, though, how come how come there's booze at the end of matches? There wasn't. There was no booze at the end of West Ham. There was. There wasn't. Cause I was in the ground. There was. If there was or wasn't, I I understand this simply because, like I said to Tay last week, it's that instant reaction. You can't hold that in. Things change. You know Things what, settle Gary, down. I'm that most of the most other teams hold it in. No, I, don't. I, I don't agree with that, Gary. And you, and you know what? I do, it sounds like you always go on. Oh, you, you'll never you, that thing. That thing you say. You we'll see things you'll never see and all that. You just haven't been there for twenty five years of not winning things. Having manager after manager. Oh, I agree. So, I've, I've certainly so, never seen so, it. So there's that pattern of things that. I think a, a certain percentage of the crowd just can't get out of their heads. Oh, here we go again, and it—it's it, a hard cycle to break. It, it, it is, and and I think when it comes to the booze, I think it's—it's—it it breeds from years and years of disappointment. So you can't just point it and go, "I oh, go go having a go at the, the players." It's not. No one thinks. No, but this is me. Every no one thinks. This is me point. I, like what I'm, what my whole point is. I know you you, you always say Silver's got to get time and all that. How how long has he got? Before we're it starts to, we're talking. We're talking from our perspective. We can't talk. And we ask for questions. I, I mean, in your perspective. Yeah, but we I ask. For, we ask the question to the, 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 you know, the, the listeners, the social media. I didn't see one question that come in, apart from maybe one who said, "Whose fault is it?" But that was just asking whose fault it is. No one was saying, "Why is Silver not getting criticised?" So therefore, the general consensus amongst our listeners and the general consensus amongst us three is it was a poor performance. Yet there's got to be questions asked. Are the booze constructive? Absolutely not, but we can understand where they come from. Fair. But, yeah, in terms of, you know, the, there was obviously a, a game for you on Saturday. Yeah, go on, you, you have had a fair hammer in there, to be <laughs> fair, so <laughs> we better move on. Uh, yeah, we had space. This was, obviously, we were talking, saying this is the beginning of a, of a big spell for us this season. Uh, Teddy sort of said he, he felt it was a season to find and spell. I'm I'm not really in that same frame. When you went two 0 up, I thought Gary said three 0 and I laughed at him. I thought, <laughs> God, he's got a spot on. Mills, <laughs> I was the same. When I was watching the game, I was thinking, Oh my God, this was coming in, and it should have to be fair. It probably should have been more than three 0 the way the match went. I, think I said two one. Did, did you? Did. We we can check that. You did. You did. But um, yeah, I, I I thought on the basis of that game, watching the whole game, we should we should have been. He didn't well change. Clear. There was no sort of like. He didn't have a different game plan. You were just as you always are. You just yeah. went and attacked him, and you yeah. couldn't deal with it. I know, and and that's that's how we are. And pe- people were saying like, will, will we change? Like, even we'll get to the PSG game in a minute. Even even that game, it's like, will will you change how how you play to to counter the other teams? And so we we don't we don't do that. We were saying it to you last week. Mm. We do not do that. We attack, and and that's well, how we Liverpool play. Liverpool changing just means do we tweak our midfield because the front three is what it is the back four is what it is the keeper is what it what it is and I think depending on on the opposition so we we, we took Keita out and played Henderson didn't we against PSG so that's a more slightly more resolute defence minded ish midfield so they're, they're the only tweaks we make um, I think 2-1 flattered Tottenham I think we absolutely controlled the game they, they didn't put us on, under any real pressure at all um, the last ten minutes wasn't it? You, the certain, you sp- were under. Yeah, the certain points in the game that that I've seen, I've seen a couple of things on social media and a couple of pundits saying like um, the the chance where what's his name, Lucas Moura cuts inside and yeah, he puts that post that's at one nil. Then there, there was, I think, no, I think there was another one that they pointed at. But for for each one of them they had, we've got three of them in that in that one game where where we were like that should on a, on another day that's a goal and that's a goal and that's. So as, I, I as the really season progresses, I mean, you're saying you just don't change. 
is there going to be a time where you do hypothetically if you're six points clear in April and you go to City away or Chelsea away does not need to go and get a draw there is it dangerous that you don't change I think it's dangerous if you, if you set up to do, and you're trying to do something that you, you it's, it's not natural for you it's not in your DNA to do now Klopp doesn't say right today I'm going to play for a draw or today we're going to go um, you know counter attack and we're going to sit deep we play our way what he does is he makes little tweaks he looks at the game and goes, okay, switch switch the wingers, someone drop backs, you sit a little bit. But we don't say, okay, today we're going to be counter-attack, today we're going to be gang and press, uh, you know, today we're going to be tick attack. Why would we? My Let's question is... Can I just, can, oh, can, can I just say, I, th- I agree with what you're saying. I think it was counter, I think it could have been 4 or 5 nil at one point. But I've got concerns for, for you in terms of, look, he's on a really good run at the moment, he's on a roll, if you like, and I think when you are winning games, it's easy to brush off things that that maybe you would analyse more if you either drew or lost. Mm. I look at those two games and I think, like Millsy said, that despite the fact it should have been 4 or 5 nil, it could have easily been 2-2 with that, you know, penalty, was it a penalty? I think I think it would have been a soft penalty, but you've seen them given, haven't you? I think to, yeah, to, allow, I think them back, the I think to allow them back into that PSG game. PSG, No, I'm talking, Tottenham, I'm talking about Tottenham first. Oh, sorry, I think I'm at that point, yeah. for oh, them to yeah, have walked yeah, yeah. away with a draw... Was been criminal, but it could have easily happened. I, yeah. what you're saying there, I think is right about Klopp. He's got to at some point start to make those cha- more forceful changes and more, you know, um, direct ch- changes that have a bigger impact on the game early because you, he allowed that game to change. Once you, you once he's haven't took his chances, and it is two nil going into the seventieth minute. There's got to be a couple of changes that stop them from getting back in the game again or stop them getting momentum because. Like I spoke to a few people, Liverpool fans, about it, and I think the slightly disappointing, worrying thing about it is the very, very, very top teams, and I'm talking about the teams that consistently win leagues, are the teams that when it gets to two nil, keep the ball and don't even let the team get the other team get a, a, a sustained period of pressure. You get chances and consistently get chances. You don't seem to keep the ball out and stop the opposition from getting fairness, a moment of pressure. I feel like we've done that this season. I don't think so. Leicester didn't do it. Leicester, they didn't break us down. It was a mistake from Alisson. No, but Leicester put you under a lot of pressure. And you're not saying that second half, they were unfortunate. I'm telling you now, watching that game, no last season or the season before, I'd have been bricking lost. it. You I'd have lo- been bricking it. I was, I was as comfortable as, I, as I've ever felt watching Because you're winning game. games though, Gary. No, I just, yeah, think, I just even, think it takes one goal to break that cycle. just looks so secure. He's it just not worried. You're just, it's not, even, even the PSG game, they, they didn't really break us down. First goal was offside. The second goal was another mistake by us. They didn't. They didn't even break us down, and they're meant to be one of your the second goal was a mistake by you. Yeah, Salah gave it away in the midfield, and they, mis- they, they, they went through the middle of the pitch. Wasn't a mistake because yeah, we gave it away in our own half. We, we yeah. were on the counter. You still had a bank of four to protect the keeper and a goal. Oh, still, so, 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 so your win, Robertson's out of position. Your winner was a mistake by them. Then, so uh, you can't really say that, can you? Mistakes happening. Most yeah. games at the top level result from goals result from mistakes. It's hard to break the top teams. Yeah, that's down. the whole point of the gang impression. Yeah. You win it high it's up, and everyone's out of position. It's the whole. It's yeah. a whole. At, at the very top level, most goals are scored from counter attacks. You don't. You don't cut the top teams open, do you? And that includes you. No, I, I don't think there was much we could. Like, I've analysed both of them goals. The first one. This is PSG you now. Looking at that first goal, and I just, I, I couldn't see who was at fault. It was just, just. A, Nothing that we could have done to stop it, really. And the second one's just the two world-class players linking up in your 18-yard box after you've lost the ball. I don't think they really linked up, though. It was just like... Well, he sort did, of he he did. It, The challenge got put in, he, he sort of half the ball, it deflected through. Outside of Neymar's foot, it was a good little pass, and he buried it in the bottom corner, didn't he? But, I mean, 
we we dominated them as well. Yeah, and it's th- and you're talking about two games. You dominated it's two one and three two. And look, he's a winning game. I've just said before. I can't I can't knock his. It? It'd make me sound really pissed to be knocking you. I'd be buzzing if I was looking at those score lines on our next to us. But I'm not. I'm just saying that. I, I would be, you know, your biggest ambition at this stage, considering the start you've had, you've got to be thinking we need to be challenging and, and maybe winning that league. Now, look, you are saying that's your biggest ambition. You've got to say that, haven't you? Oh, 100%. You would yeah. be disappointed this year if you don't win the league. Not, I don't think, think so much disappointed what, at this stage now. I think what we're, what most Liverpool fans, I think, would, would still say we're, we're all about making sure we're at least still in you with want a to win the league. We, of course, we want to yeah. win the league. There's no, so that's no, there's no it's Christmas doubt Eve. You, you want no to scale extra. <laughs> you don't want to wake up and get like a, a, a toy car. You know? there's, there's absolutely no comparison there. Of course, there what, is. You, what you, you're sitting there, you're eager. You just want to win the league. Don't, do, don't, do you want to win the league? Of course, we do. Everyone yeah. wants to win the league. Yeah. But, but, use, realistically, but, use, but realistically, what we're saying is this season, based on last season, and Man City absolutely ran away with the league. This season, what we said going into it, and what I'd still say, probably 90% of Liverpool fans would still tell you, we want to just make sure we're in with a shout going in. If we if we lost, if we didn't win the league, but, right. we, but we were still in with a shout with five, six games to go, four, five games to go, I think I don't think... We'd be disappointed, obviously. You wouldn't so, be. All right, let me put this in perspective what now. Is, is, if you, you said to us at the beginning of the season that you're going you're gonna to be, come, come five games to go, you're still in with a shot to win the league. Yeah. People would absolutely snap your I think you're Sick being game, quite so. clever in what you're publicly yeah. saying. I think when the mics are off and there's no blues around, I think what you're saying is a bit different. He doesn't in, change. In the Reds group? No, no not. maybe not just Gary. I think a lot of Reds that I know as well are sort of saying similar yeah, to what Gary says. To say I think that he's, he's privately thinking we have got a good chance this year and I'll be, I'll be gutted well, if it doesn't come off. I'm not denying that we yeah. haven't got a good chance. We've got a, the best chance we've probably had in a long time. But we've seen this before. That's why I don't think anyone wants to get carried away with them. I think, think you've seen this before. Would, would you take second now? Gary, would you take second now? So you, okay, well, there you go. Would, that that to, answers the question. I want to I win say. the league. That doesn't, I'm absolutely but you wouldn't take seconds because you're not happy with seconds, so you'd be gutted with seconds. Happy. I just think we've got a chance of winning the league. What so I why think would it, I take second? I'm not going to yeah, skate you for wanting to win the league, but just publicly say that you think you know, you're going to win not the league. Say, I'm not saying I think we'll win it, because I, I, me personally, I still think Man City will win the league. I do. But I'm not denying that we've got a shot. We've absolutely got a shot. By the way, if he's win the league, I will not be here for episode whatever. (laughs) No chance. (laughs) On the winning the league thing, it depends who gets... For City, it doesn't really matter who gets injured. For Liverpool, it matters who gets injured. I disagree. I disagree. I think you're seeing it now. I'm asking Phil here. I'm asking Phil. But I think you're seeing it now with De Bruyne being out. I'm asking Phil. So, no one gets injured for you. City pick up a De Bruyne injury, which they have. Maybe a Aguero injury. The injuries you expect to have during the season. Yeah. Are you disappointed? You just don't win the league, then. If that happens. Yeah. Yeah, I will be. Yeah. Okay. Phil, away from that, what was the more pleasing performance for you of the two? Because <laughs> um, we had a poll on social media asking yeah. Reds what was the most important game, yeah. and Tottenham won that poll. Yeah. Uh, we had well, we had a couple. I did one on Instagram as well, mm. and PSG won it on Instagram, so okay. it kind of split. Um, Tottenham away last season. Liverpool took one point out of the in all the away games against the top six. We've already taken three, so I think that's really really key. Um, PSG, that was going to be a massive test, European elite, and we passed it with flying colours. So it's it's hard to say which one. Both both the same really. Is there more time to recover in the Champions League 
if you drew last night, there's there's more time to recover because all well, teams are looking at a small. There's 38 games in the Prem. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, but Man City, especially Man City and Chelsea, are looking like and last season when Man City don't use when the, the Mane instance, I think they went like eight points ahead of you in September yeah. and you were gone. Yeah. So to lose points in the Premiership, I think. Well, put it this way: if if you'd have said to me which one of them games would you prefer to drop points in, I would have said PSG okay. for sure. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I agree from, from an outsider looking on. I think that that was a more significant game for you. It was the first potential bump in the road, wasn't it, in terms of like the, the yeah, big games? Yeah, absolutely. And this was, as I started this little segment saying, this was the start of, of like a big period in our season, the first big test of period in our season. You know, we've got Spurs, then we had Spurs, then PSG, which, great, we've, we've come out of with full points. Now we've got Southampton, Sati, we've got... Um, Napoli midweek, uh, sorry, Chelsea midweek, then Chelsea again, then Napoli midweek, and then City. And th- this period is massive. And if we did, I'm not saying I think we will, but if we did come out of this and not drop any, not not lose these games, it's absolutely massive. Psychologically, away psychologically away, I think. Obviously, obviously, Sturridge got, the, got a goal against PSG, and, and, and Mane, I thought, looked very good. Uh, this will come up later, so I don't want to uh, kill the question too much. But he's worried with all those big games coming up that, that Salah seems to be firing blanks, if you like. At I the moment, no, because as you were saying before, we're winning games. But obviously, if if we start, if we do start faltering and we do start needing uh, these chances to go in and, and him to start firing, then yeah, it, it is worrying. But for the time being now, I, it depends I, what I, you mean by firing blanks. I mean, I mean, well, uh, so probably the wrong term. I just think that I think the comment, the commentator um, on BT made a point about it. Like last season, you see him where he's picking the ball up in certain situations. He, he, I don't know if he looks a yard short. And again, I don't want to kill the question. And I'm just saying, like, is it a bit, is it a concern for you at the moment? Or are I you tell s- you what, is everyone just thinking? I think no, we're part all right, of the game plan against PSG was we we know that their front three don't really track back. Um, when they were losing the ball, they did absolutely nothing, and our fullbacks were taking full advantage, full advantage of that. They were getting the ball, and they were bombing forwards, and they were, we were leaving big gaps in behind, and that's the whole problem with playing PSG. You're thinking, oh, everyone was shocked by them, saying how poor they were, and that was mainly because their front three don't track back at all, and we had tons and tons of space. But when you're a team who break and press as fast as Liverpool do, that therefore becomes the whole conundrum, because mm. if you lose that ball, one long pass, and they've got them three, and you've got no one... Uh, but just getting onto Salah, he put a proper shift in. He was so when yeah, Trent was, was making that run, that. he was dropping into the right back position. Milner was dropping into the left back position for Robertson. Like what you were saying, what Everton were missing at the weekend. That's what mm. Liverpool absolutely nailed against PSG. Salah's runs are there. He's still making the right movement. His head's gone. His confidence is hundred percent gone. In an attacking sense. In an attacking sense. Yeah, well, yeah, you don't need confidence, confidence doesn't defensively. Go. Yeah, confidence doesn't go. Yeah, when in an attacking sense, know. that's what I mean. I think he, he's trying too hard to score a goal. He, he's he's having a shot when he should be passing. And it's all psychological. And so then then the discussion becomes, do you take him out the team, give him a break, take the pressure off and bring him back? Or do you play him through it, wait for him to get a goal, hopefully the confidence comes forward and back? Keep playing our front three as they are. Let them gel more. Let them grow into it, and that's a debate. And for me, no. I, I would keep playing them because we're getting so much from them. Again, I'm I'm going to be critical again, and I'm looking at the way that Guardiola managed because he's got a lot of players, hasn't he? He has to rotate, yeah. and he managed it very well last year. And because he managed it so well early in the season, he got the best out of some of them players when he needed them later in the season. Yeah. I just think you look at Shakiri and think 
if you fail to use them in this spell, which is haven't used them so far, and look, you've got the wins, that's fine. But yeah. I think there was an opportunity for them to have a good spell against Spurs, a good spell. There was an opportunity for them to play more minutes against PSG than they did because let's be honest, you know, I've, you've you've hinted the way the PSG played, but you had a lot of the ball. There was he was crying out, I need to come on earlier, and I think if he plays earlier on the season, when you do eventually need him, if there's an injury, he's sharp. Then I just think that. I, I think, think at times a little bit short-sighted seeing, from Klopp. I think you'll start seeing some changes in the team the next next couple of weeks. So I think if you if you don't see them this weekend, <clears> you'll certainly see them midweek against Chelsea. Um, in the cup. In the cup, yeah. yeah. I think because yeah. that that's going to be the, obviously that's going to be the least of our priorities. Out of, out of the the four competitions we're in, that's going to be the least of our priority. So I think that's when you'll see a lot of the changes coming for us. Mm. Um, I think if, as I say, if if not on. On the weekends against Southampton, you know, not 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 to say that we'll roll over Southampton because you know they are a good side that they, they can be dangerous and stuff. Um, but I think you could see maybe Fabinho. I, I think more you'll, you'll see him maybe get half an hour, twenty minutes towards the end of the game. But he could make a start on Saturday. Um, I think, as Phil saying there, do you rest Salah? Do you do you play him through it? I think the potential's there for for Shaqiri to start the game on Saturday. But for me, like. The, the bigger impact on on, our, on the club for the rest of the season is Salah being happy and, and scoring. Taking him out the team, I, I don't feel like that. I, you know what? I, I don't think it's as much a fact of taking Salah out the team. I think, from Salah's perspective, I think you're right, by the way. I think Salah just seeing another face coming into that front three might just reinvigorate him and make him think, well, is he going to be a player who gets us a goal yeah. and then takes a bit more pressure? I, I think it's not as much about taking him out the scene personally. I think it's about bringing another face and freshening it up a little bit. And I think when you are a striker, I think if you are psychologically struggling a little bit, he can convince himself that's going to change it for me. So, no, do, you, I, so do you think he does think there's too much pressure on Because obviously last season he scored so many goals. Like, I, I, he's got, well, how many goals he scored? Like over... 40, 40 in all competition was it last season? 41, I think. Yeah, so like, do you think he's, not, oh, I've got to get these goals because obviously we may struggle? Yeah, so absolutely, he's had, w- so he's been thrust into the limelight because of yeah. last season, yeah, not 100%. really before that. And then he's had that injury and he's come back and he's not himself and his head's gone a little bit. Salah's got the weight of expectation of a, of a nation and also of a religion. Continent. Of a religion. Yeah, are t- yeah, are teams true. dealing with him differently? Is he being marked differently or...? <sighs> I, th- I think he's being marked tighter. Even yeah. if he is, but even I don't if think he is, that's what affects no, him. No, no. I just think, do you think because he's still rolling players, he's still getting getting by players. He's but just, last season he was the surprise. No one expected I know, that. But he sort of, he sort of like now. Whereas last season the front, three, I know he scored so many goals, but the front three last season seemed to be like um, they didn't care where the goals come from. It was they they were giving it to each other. They, if someone was in a better position, they was giving it. This season he, he seems to be putting that much pressure on himself to score because he scored so much last season. Yeah. I feel as though he's he's put he's the one putting the pressure on himself in my eyes. Yeah, see do you think obviously he scored obviously so many goals last season, but I think if I seen to a couple of lads in work who were reads that he'd be happy if like Salah scored say twenty goals and obviously Firmino got a twenty so one hundred percent. Yeah surely it's not just all in him, it'll be obviously You can't expect yeah. any Liverpool fan now can't expect Salah to be spanging 40, 40 goals, goals in the game this season. No, no, 100%. It's, it's, it's so rare. Look at, look at what... We when, don't need when, him to. No, no. And when, when was the last time someone bagged as many Premier League goals as he did last season? You know, who was, was it Henri? Henri's mm. record he beat? I believe yeah, so. I think it was, yeah. So, you know, it, it, how long ago was Henri's record? It, it, it doesn't happen all the time. You can't expect things like that from players every season. For him, to, if, if he bags 20 goals this season, that's another great season. And for then me. Firmino, and then obviously Mane get your 20. Yeah, of course, it, it, yeah. it just, obviously, you are going to get goals through, throughout... 
obviously throughout your your team. So we just, didn't win the league when he did do it, and so true. you know City won the league without a striker who scored that many. So you don't need it. You don't need it as well. As and just just that quick, just that quick as well before we move on back to Millsy's point before where he, where he said hypothetically if we were six points clear come April we go to City away or or somewhere like that. Do we need to look at the game differently? No, I don't think we do because. In hindsight, if we came out of that and we lost the game and then we ended up losing the league because of that, then in hindsight you say, yeah, well, you should have you should have changed your game plan, which is what's happened when with the Gerrard slip instance against Chelsea. Yeah, but you set up that home game in Chelsea to, when you should have set up for a point. Yeah, you do have a point yeah, there. But, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. In hindsight, it's easy to say that. But if, if Brendan Rodgers went into that game against Chelsea to, to get a point... The first time in the whole season. In, that's what I'm saying. If, if you just didn't change then and yeah, it didn't work, if you just don't learn from that, surely... I know, but this is my point. Why would you go into a game where you that especially that team we dominated every game we played in, we battered teams, we were we was four nil up in, in half an hour in some games. It was it was ridiculous. Why would you then go into a game? Listen, Gary, because that's what a, that's what a, listen, that's what a leader does, mate. Yeah, I, but if he'd have done that, listen, yeah, but you know what? You'd, but this is what I'm saying. In hand, hindsight's a great thing to, no, to do I, this because if he'd have went into that game, if he'd have went into that game, that that Chelsea game, I don't think hindsight requires it. Just just let me finish. If he'd have went into that Chelsea game and changes changed the way he's played all season, and then we'd have got beat two. Nil, he'd have been absolutely slaughtered. No, what you needed to do, though, is what you're saying. You don't want them to do this season. No, what you I needed to do that season, you're saying don't do it this. So nah, you haven't learned. I just, I just don't think it's the way forward. Because then, if if we were in that position and Klopp does it and we get beat anyway, he gets slaughtered. How oh, do you want to go out? Do you want to go out on your sword, or you know what I mean? I'd rather go out that way than. You shouldn't be going into the game thinking how do I want to go out. You should be thinking we're going to go into this game. With the intent of, win, of, of winning the, the war, yeah, but by winning playing the defensive, it's to win the battle, to win the war. But I, what's the best way well, of us winning that is by playing how we play and how we how we beat teams. But no, but, but I think going into that game and, and going into any game in, in the in the scenario you're describing, what is a play you need is your leader or your your manager to take the pressure off you by saying, look, let's not be worrying about because this is the plan today. This is what we, you know we played this way all season, but we're in a different situation now. It now becomes a psychological battle. Klopp, you can't just go. Klopp has gone out and bought Fabinho. He's done it for a reason. He, he obviously has the foresight to say, "Well, at some point, we're gonna we're gonna do yeah, that." But you're saying don't do that. You were saying you didn't need the defensive player, player. You were saying you didn't need defensive mid the other I week. So well, you, what I think of the number six is that cops. What cop demands from number six is that they don't just sit. You, I think he, it's a hard position. I don't know. He's it's never played one really. Well, he's played players in that position, and you can see the instruction that they've been given. And who, who plays there now then? Henderson plays there a lot. Wijnaldum's played there a lot this season. Henderson last Wijnaldum's season. Wijnaldum's been doing it mainly this season. And you can tell that Klopp does not want them just to sit there. Well, why have you bought Firmino then? Fabinho. Fabinho, sorry. You're saying, you're saying you bought Fabinho for a reason and you can see Klopp's done that for a reason. But you're saying Klopp doesn't want the number six to do the same thing. Yeah, so but me and Klopp are two different people. What you guys are saying is, you know, why, why, why is your manager, why is Klopp not have the foresight to say, well, at some point in the future, we're going to need to be a little bit more resolute. What I'm saying is, wow, I think we should play. That's different. You're saying there about going out on your, on your sword. That season, was it 2013-14? You were unbelievable from January. Yeah. You were unbelievable. That's secondary to how it ended for you. No one remembers that. Do you remember you limping over the finish line, the Palace game, the Chelsea game? When you could have been disciplined in that Chelsea game and the Palace game. I feel like the you Palace might be game's irrelevant. Here, you'd still be out now. Palace game's not if, irrelevant. If Rodgers got that is, right, if Rodgers got that right, you'd still be out now. Of course, it's not irrelevant. Oh, well, would, yeah. There you go. No, so. It is in the context because had we, we, only, we only drew that game because 
we needed the goal difference now. It's not irrelevant because we're discussing the fact that really it's, it's the same points. thing. Of no, no, but me, what, what I'm saying, by, by irrelevant, I mean, had we not lost, if we, had we not lost that game to Chelsea the week before, then there's no way on earth we'd have drew that game at Palace. We'd have been 3-0 up and then not been going for 8-0. Do you think like... Because if we'd have got 8-0 that season in, in that game, which which was on, by the way, because it was 3-0 early doors, then we could have still won the league in our own hands. Don't you think, Judgy, as a coach, it's, it's risky just suddenly one day doing something different than what you've ever done no, I think before? Play, if your players trust you, and, and, and at the end of the day, if you're all in it to go, our goal is to win the league this year... At times, you need your coach to make difficult decisions and make decisions that are in the that that, that are for your, for your best. And clearly, that season, the players trust the ball. Yeah, but do they know where to be on the pitch and stuff like that? Right, right. I think I think we're going to have to. Uh, no, I I think we could be on this for another half an hour, an hour easy. What I want to say before we move on is, Judgy and Neil, we've played a blinder. We've gone from. <laughs> 3-2 Liverpool PSG to Crystal Palace and Gerard Slippen. We've done our job. I don't think you went for that. I think I brought Listen, that up. before we move on, I'm not letting this conversation go by without talking about Milner. Evergreen. Absolutely a oh, tail. Yeah. I, I, I can't believe how good he He looks like he's in the form of his life to me. He, is. And he and just gets and better Mil- and better. Just want to say, Millsy didn't even put him in the category of one of the men of the match. I know, yeah. <laughs> that, that, was, that was an outside, the, the that was outside influence yeah. on a Twitter post. Do you want to blame Mick? I thought um, it was Mick Nixon. Yeah, well, <laughs> Mick Nixon selected those yeah, three players. We'll give us an email after he gets it wrong again. <laughs> yeah. no, he, but he was incredible. He's everywhere. Yeah. I, I'll be honest, I, I, as an Evertonian, I, and, and I don't, I, I kind of see Milner on the team sheet and I don't watch Liverpool's games. I look at the score and I, I walk out. No, <laughs> no, no, I mean... I watched the PSG games. I was genuinely, genuinely interested to see how the game pans out and how he's played and how they plays. And I was shocked at the quality Milner shown. I, I really was. Like every week. To be fair to him, he, 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 he rattled uh, he Neymar, weren't he? Yeah, he's a horse. Yeah. He looked he everywhere. He was in the middle, then he was on the right and the left. Do you know, he was when, everywhere? Do you know when Gerard retired? It was like emotional, because not for the obvious reasons, but also like Carragher's gone, Gerard's gone. You think... Not only is that Gerard gone, but it's also the last of a generation, the last of a certain type of player when football was played by men. Um, it's just nice that actually it's not over. We've still got Milner. Uh, he's still Proper that. Sons that, that, league stuff. that by the way, <laughs> Milner just volleyed the yeah. ball into the crowd. <laughs> yeah. like Neymar's oh. doing like a little step inside. Oh. Put on a piano oh. tune behind that next time you start going off on real men and things. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you emotion, emotional, Gerard, like you need to play a violin. Like I want Gareth, <laughs> I want Gareth Barry back now forever. Yeah. So um, I think yeah, I've actually said on. that before. <laughs> Yeah, moving on to the social media questions then. Um, we're gonna, we've got three red and two blue, so we'll start with the red one. Keeping it on the same kind of theme, um, is Wijnaldum our most underrated player so far this season? And that's from Mark Macy on Instagram. So, most underrated? I, I think. don't think so, no. I think he's, he's had quite, so a, he's getting the praise. quite a bit of praise. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't think anybody's not spoke about Wijnaldum. Yeah. Uh, you Are know, you surprised? I mean, talking pre-season, he, was, he wasn't even on your lips. I'm it was surprised all tighter. I'm surprised at how good he's been playing the role he's been playing. He's been immense. So he wasn't he, in your eleven when we were talking. He was on my list. You'll remember me saying yeah, yeah. I wasn't too bothered about the new signings coming in because I, I appreciated our midfield. So, but I think what surprised us a lot is he's been doing this from a defensive midfielder posi- uh, position. Yeah. That's the surprising that, that's thing. What, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it is it's, it is a surprise because he, he he came from Newcastle as a number ten. Hmm. He was Newcastle's number ten. He's he is more of an attacking player than than a defensive. But as as we're saying this season, he's been played in in that number six role, and. With Milner, Milner and Cater ahead of him, and he's just been incredible. He's you, know, just you know what I'm really surprised about? The fact, he's done calling Genie. 
He's not Jags. I was expecting, I was expecting that to come out soon. Nah, why an Alden? So no, you, most underrated player for me this season, Marnie. I just think I disagree. I don't think he's been underrated. I haven't heard many people talk about oh, him. I so. have a load. Well, he deserves Un- to be underrated. Alison for me. <laughs> <laughs> just going to face. Who's your most underrated player? Underrated. Oh, Salah. Do more than he's going to You know what? For. Yeah, I, I probably would go Salah. I probably would go Salah <laughs> because it, what people are focusing on is as goals and assists and that from last season and expecting it all again this season. The work he puts in in every game and the the amount the amount he does for the team. You know what? I'm 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 shocked by this because I remember the conversation in in pre-season. We were talking about and it was the, old, the, the the one of the first arguments that we had as a group was the Salah versus Firmino, who's more important. And you, your comments as a three was Salah's a luxury player because he's not asked to work hard and he doesn't have to work hard. So he didn't. Why is it suddenly? But he is now. So, but doesn't that just tell you that that, that he's struggling? He did. No, but I, I no, he, he weren't asked to cover Trent so much. He's, he's done that well more this year. Maybe he's putting a shift in because he knows Cause he's he knows not he's not playing well. Maybe yeah. I think that's the case. I don't think hence, it's hence underrated, under underrated this season. Okay. Yeah, maybe not. Um, start with a nice easy blue one. The blues are being negative on social media this week, but we'll do, why? We'll do our best with it. Is Tosson good enough to be starting the starting striker for Everton? And if not, who should be? Okay, well. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a long long winded question, but there was another question that came in similar to that, which we haven't actually put in there, but it, it kind of comes in alongside that question. The other question question was worded along the lines of, I don't believe that Tosson, uh, Calvert Lewin, and, and Nias, or sorry, I believe that those three are the worst front three in the Premier League. And yep. going back to the question that was originally asked in terms of does that mean is, more is to, the front three to yeah. choose from well, as, a, I mean, as your yeah, main yeah. striker? Yeah. Going back to that one, is is Tosson good enough? In, in the current selection of forwards that we've got, he's, he's the best of that, that bunch in terms of centre-forwards. I would like to think, in the way that uh, Silver has recruited, that um, Richarlison will become an option as a number nine, whether you call him a false nine, whether, you know, whatever term you, you make for it. I'd like to think that he could, he could slot into that position. I do. I just. I do still rate him as a, as a goal scorer. I don't think before Sunday he's, he's had a great deal of chances um, he's not playing that well at the moment. Do I think he's going to be the player who could help us break into the top five or the top top four? No, um, but un, in in the current with the current squad we've got, I wouldn't say he's the weakest link. I just I would like to think that Richarlison is is going to be capable of stepping into that that number nine position eventually because um, yeah. he is going to provide more quality. And I think if you're going to pick our sexy front three, it's going to There's be a Bernard, Bernard Walcott and, and Richarlison. I've got shivers there that you refer to Lewin, Nias and Tosin as the front three. I can't imagine I've playing nev- that I've front three. I've never ever seen that. I don't even I think that front three would play in a, in a capital No, no. I, I, I he must have meant it. No, like yeah. I, think, I think he means that's the nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I completely agree with Judgy. He, he's the best of the three, but he's certainly not going to be the Didn't number Walcott, nine that breaks you into a top four. Wasn't Walcott beefing with Wenger the whole time because he wanted to be played in the nine? He does. seen any signs of that? No, he doesn't play as an out-and-out winger forever and he tucks him. When we attack down the left, he becomes the second striker. Similar to how we attack down the right with Charles and become the second striker. Yeah. He's got license to be in the box a lot more at Everton. It's yeah. The, yeah, I think it's the system that he played in, in uh, under Wenger. He was playing as a hug the touchline winger and he was literally just expected to go and be full backs all day long. Whereas Don't I think he, route, he, he does get in the area a bit more. And I think he obviously scored a few already this season. He knows he gets more chances in that forward position playing for us. So yeah. basically, short term, toss run, yeah. Long term, no. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, is he good enough to play forever? At the moment, you've got to say yeah, because co the competition is very limited yeah. in that position, but long-term, no. But Painful. Question. I've just paid £10 to get him on the back of my son's shirt as well. That's always Painful. the case, you know. Yeah. Arabella, because my daughter is, is born on the 14th of the 4th, so we used to always get her, uh, I used to get her a number 14. Her first num number 14 was um, Naismith. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, as well. I, I, I did. Well, it wasn't. I didn't point, get sorry, Smith, I got fourteen yeah. Arabella, yeah. and then I can't remember the, <laughs> the next fourteen. The ass took the, the ass. number, <laughs> and I, he couldn't. He couldn't hit the barn door for a while, and he ends up getting loans out. I haven't went for tossing this time. Can uh, you get Salah and for me? For me, I actually went. For, <laughs> you know what? I've just thought. Went for Col went for twenty three, and then Coleman got injured. Oh God! Case. But apparently he's going to be back in a few weeks. So hopefully, if he gets injured again, I'm just burning the shield. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, we, we've already kind of addressed the next question. Um, it was from Aidan Doyle on Facebook, and he said, what's hindering Salah's performance so far yeah. this season? Is it fit, fitness issues or mental? But we've answered that. We've answered it. Yeah, yeah. It's not fitness. It's not fitness. I mean, just to touch on it briefly, do you think there's any fear that he doesn't want to go into challenges with people because of his shoulder? Or do you think that's completely out of his mind? Or I don't. I haven't seen that. You haven't seen it. I haven't seen that. Terry challenge. mentioned it in the first game. And all, when, when he I says physical, do you not think he's talking a little bit about fatigue as well, Possibly, though? Because yeah. you had that Champions League when everyone else rested after that Champions League final. His focus was I need to get fit for Egypt. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But what, like like we were saying before, though, I don't think he's looked fatigued because he's doing a lot of work during but, the game. But, yeah, but I'd, I'd be interested to see it's his mental mileage. fatigue. I, I don't know. I, I think, I think when you're playing well. You don't get tired, and yeah. they always say that, don't they? Use a winning games, don't get me wrong, but I think as a striker, if you're not scoring goals, you're not playing well, you probably feel that fatigue a bit more than you would. He's, he's got, he looks on a, a yard off it in the head, not not in the legs. A bit like you. <laughs> so. <laughs> Ouch, no comeback. Ouch. <laughs> well, move on, Phil Quiff. Right, okay, moving on. The next Everton question. Um, so, this is quite a long one. This is uh, from. Thomas via the website, he says, did Tom Davis's re reputation enhance simply due to not playing on Saturday? I'm sick of our midfielders such as Gay, Morgan, McCarthy, and even Besic always looking to play out wide, to play to play left and right. Not only does it limit our options, but the opposition are onto it. Barkley, Davis, and Barry at least played forward balls. Who's asked that? Tom, Tom Davis. Tomo. Yeah, is that actually Tom Davis? <laughs> trying to raise his own stock. <laughs> to be fair to, to, to Thomas, I mean, speaking my language there, if I was listening to Across the Park, I'd be asking the guys the same question. I think we do play out a wire too much. I think Sunday, we always look for Kenny. We always look for Dinia. I think it would be would be more of a threat if we had a midfielder who may be Gomez, I don't know, who could play more forward balls. Tom Davis is certainly a midfielder who does try and play forward balls. They don't all come off, but you can at least say the intent is there. Yeah. Has his reputation been enhanced? Yes, along with everyone else who didn't play on Sunday because they were that bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, it's it's that forward pass from a central area that, that we do seem to lack a lot of times. He's referred to, to Ross Barkley and Gareth Barry there, and there was, uh, sorry, Tom Davis. Gareth Barry was, was an expert at finding those, those clever little balls Ross Barkley was very Tom Davis-esque and he'd, he'd try a lot and it wouldn't come off, but he'd at least try and go forward centrally. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I agree completely with that. I think I think rather than the, the words he's used was as, as, as a reputation being enhanced, I think the words probably appreciation a bit more. Mm. I think maybe people might appreciate players like him when you do get a few games where 
you're seeing that same pattern of play and you're looking for something a little bit different. I think that was why it was refreshing to see Bernardo because he picked the ball up. He wanted to go and beat players. He wanted mm -hmm. to go and be positive. Sometimes when, you, when you watch, you've watched the game like that for an hour or even it's 40 minutes, just someone who's just going to go and take a risk yeah. is appreciated, isn't it? Yeah. And maybe it would have mightn't have been a bad idea for him to come off the bench even 70 minutes in just to receive a bit of appreciation for that normal positivity they shows. Mm -hmm. But I, I think in Tom Davis's case, he's often been a victim of the lack of movement in front of him. And if you are trying uh, a player who, who does try to play forward passes, if the movement in front of you isn't great, those passes you're making suddenly look distinctly average as well. So it, it's an interesting one. I think we all of the Blues have been fairly in agreement that we'd have liked to see Tom Davis go on loan simply for that maybe appreciation or that opportunity to go and be appreciated by other fans for yeah. what he does th th that's good but you know no, it's, a, yeah. it's a good question yeah, good question right and we'll end on another red one so it says this is from James Kane and he, he sent us in via Twitter so it says what what are the Reds thoughts on the change that Klopp made around the 80th minute to go three at the back Klopp seems to favour this a lot but for me it just weakens the team oh, I, I don't it's whether we actually did go through the yeah, question. I think, uh, yeah, I think he, he might get a bit confused a bit by the change because he does bring, he, he now and again he'll bring Trent off for, for like a matter or he might bring a midfielder or one of the forwards off for a matter at, at certain points in the game. But he doesn't necessarily go three centre-halves at the back. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't do that. He, he'll bring, if he brings Trent off, he goes matter and Van Dijk at the back and moves Gomez out to the right. So we're still in the same shape as we have been. Yeah. And... I'm not a fan of that. I think I think if that's what we do, what you've just explained, I think that weakens us because I just think Matip's weak. He's on liability in the middle, and Gomez is solid. So if he's I, doing I that at one nil up, though, isn't that good in game management? I think the reason he does it. I think the reason he does it, and I think you'll find the games that he does it, and when he brings them on, is when they start going long, because it's at a, it's sort of, sort of getting to that point of the game where they're resorting to just getting the ball like forward. Like your Brighton game, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where he's, he's what is he, six foot five? He's there to, to try and get up and win headers. And he's many and with, Gomez, no, no. He, he, with Gomez alongside, obviously, you've then got three six foot players, six foot plus players in, in those positions. I think you're right, Gary. I, I don't know. I can't say that I tactically analyse every time Klopp makes a change, but if it was me, I would be suspecting that he's putting him there as another body in the middle to, to defend long balls and and, and probably what you would say about Trent, he's, he's an attack and an adventurous right back, isn't he? Yeah. And possibly his youth and his enthusiasm gets the better of him when you are a goal, you know, a goal in front when the most sensible thing was to be tucked in and, and be a proper right back. For me, it just doesn't make any sense because the, the, the most dangerous part of the pitch is your own six yards or 18 yard box, and you're taking Gomez out and putting Matip in. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me. If you add Matip to the equation, fair, that's fine. If you were to take. It's an attacking player off and throw Matt up on for the last hey, five if minutes. If you're six foot three, yeah, centre forward, Phil, you're never going to be six three. You know, <laughs> know, he can't play football, yeah. so he, none of us can really relate to this question. But, and, and Neil, you I don't want to see Neil football. in the box. <laughs> but if you're six foot Turn three, right, you're coach. six foot three. If you're six foot three, and, the, and and your team plays direct, or they are going to be playing direct for the last five minutes, where are you going to put yourself in that back four? Let's remember that Van Dijk plays alongside Robertson, so you're not going to go and play on Robertson because Van Dijk will just come over oh, there and As a striker, are you where are you going to go and stand? Uh, you're going to buy Trent. Yeah, in between Trent and, and Gomez. Now, Gomez, yeah, he's 6 1, but to some, he's not, he doesn't dominate in the air, does he? 
So I think the reason he previous does that, to this season he doesn't, but he has been this season. Yeah, but only because he's got a bit more confidence playing along yeah. that side bands. Like, look, I can go go for that. Well, he's been right back. Now he's played centre half. He's winning all the others. And Matip doesn't. All right. Well, uh, again, let me ask the question. So where would you put yourself? You go and put yourself on Trent in between Trent and Gomez, wouldn't you? Wouldn't put yourself in between those two. If you then take Trent off and put a six for five centre back, now you might not. You're just looking at Van Dijk and looking at. Um, Matip and thinking, I don't know where to go here because Van Dijk's dominant in the air. Matip six. I for think five. if you're tossing and next minute you see Gomez go off and Matip come into the middle, you're like, Sound. no, but, but Gomez is staying on. Yeah, Gomez but he's right. Gonna be the other side he's right back. He's going to be the yeah. other side here. He's just, just so you're talking, about, talking about dead balls here or open yeah, play well, or well, because that, that's the that's when you are most vulnerable. That's been admitted before and maybe yeah. on this occasion that but like, is being a my bit point clever. is though what I would rather see is a back three so they're all still on. And you've, ju- you've just you've just lost like I don't know Kita or an off form Salah or something like that for the last five minutes of the game, like actually. But then you concede in possession then potentially because you're taking a body out the midfield. And yeah, but you've still got you've middle. still got Mane who's rapid and Firmino and people to stretch the opposition. I don't think I don't think these changes these changes that have been made this season in in relation to what he's asked what the lads asking there. I don't see that we've we been weakened in, in the games, so I'm not worried. To it answer, often, to answer the question, I'm not worried, no. No. Okay. Right, that ends the questions. So Thank you yeah, guys so for the questions. Obviously, we're going to move on to the, the preview of the, this weekend, weekend's games. <coughs> um, Ian, Arsenal away. <sighs> Why are we on Sky that? again? <laughs> Why? You know, I'll be watching. There was a game last season. Excited I'm not, then, Mills. I'm not, not. I'm not too sure who Arsenal played last season. They got tonked by someone, and we were their next game. And someone tweeted, "Don't worry, Arsenal. We'll make you look like Barcelona again." It finished five-one. <laughs> they were spot on. I don't think it's going to be a tougher game as it was last season. I think they're a different team this season to what what they've been for yeah. the last. They like the starting to click twenty right? years. They, they play a different style. I don't know what you're going to get out of Arsenal, to be honest. Uh, with Charleston's back for us which automatically makes us a better team going into it. I mean, the fact that I can't judge how Arsenal are going to play makes it hard for me to really give an honest prediction. Are you scared of getting a thumping? No, I don't think we'll get a thumping. I, I don't. I don't. The, wor- the worrying thing for me is that they seem to be favoured and playing two forwards, Aubameyang and Lacazette, and uh, with, with the centre-backs, the way our centre-backs have been playing, the way we've been defending, it doesn't fill me with optimism, man, if you're going to put... Uh, Basically, a 1v1 at the back there. He's got to be very clever with whoever he plays defensive mid and the way we do set up. I think he's got to keep those gaps in between the lines really tight because Ezel, despite what anyone thinks about him, if you do allow him to get in with two forwards in front of him, will split us open all day. Yeah. He's a very cute player and we're not the type of team that's going to bully him at the moment. So I think he's got to be very clever in playing narrow, forcing them out wide because although, again, I'm saying that they've got two forwards in there, I think I'm comfortable with the players they have out wide for our full-backs to be able to deal with them. You no. know, 1v1. Certainly if our... Because if, if we have Richarlison and we have Walcott, they will, they'll be more likely to drop in a little bit more if we're playing mm. away from home and be confident to have a leg race going the other way. So I think if he sets himself up, which, we, which he can away from home, he can set himself up a little bit more you know, pessimistically and a bit more yeah. negative. He can, he can tuck in and he knows that we've got players you can run the other way. This is a game that we should be playing Schneidlin and Guy in. I accept yeah. playing the pair of them in games like this. It's the it's the previous game. I'm I'm not all for the home games against your your West Ham's. 
I can see him playing a two this week simply like you said because you've got Ozil looking for two strikers in front, so you you need that need that, that protection Ramsey as well. Can Ramsey, you see, Ramsey's a threat. Can you see two, two players him, him dropping Tosin and playing with Charleston to the middle with Bernard on the left? No, and I, and no. On the I right think he'll drop Calvert Lewin for a Charleston. Okay, okay. Do you think Bernard wouldn't get won't get a start based on his? No, I I don't think he'll start. I think if we had a home game against a. a you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> a, a bottom half of the league side oh. after last week's results. I think you'd be arguing that he could play Bernard as Bernard would say it's in a bit deeper. I don't think he'll do it at Arsenal. I do think we'll see him at some point. I actually think, I actually think, I hope not because I, I, I'm not sure at the right move at this stage. I think he might, he, he could even play Calvert Lewin, Walcott, and, and Richarlison just because of legs, thinking that on the break all three of them can run. Calvert Lewin centre. Yeah. I think he might do that just for the energy, and and maybe it's not a bad game for for Tosin to be coming off the bench if it's nil nil or if it's one one, and you know there's less pressure on him. It's it's a case you're of so, well, come on if you get a goal, great. I think what you will say about Calvert Lewin, he's he's not a player who takes chances, but he's on expected to have loads of chances early on. I think if we're gonna get chances in the game against Arsenal, it'll be late on when they maybe do start to be throwing caution to the winds and and there's gaps going the other way. You're saying that like, but obviously you're playing Calvert Lewin for pace and whatnot, but like. Bernard is ridiculous. No, but he, he's but tactically, I don't think he's ready for the Premier League. And if you're playing against an Arsenal team that under Unai Emery look a little bit more organised, a bit more robust, but at the same time, they're, they're going to have a lot of the ball, aren't they? They're going to have a lot yeah, of possession. Yeah, no, you're going to need your players to be disciplined. I think you need your players who are used to playing the system. But above all, you're going to need your players to be covering, covering yardage. And Although he looks quick, don't we, Young? And, and he put in a good shift considering he, he hadn't played. Um, Does Silva need to abandon his philosophy in this game? I think like Klopp, he's not going to do that. Yeah. I, 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 if he doesn't, then you get absolutely No, he's not going to put it, but you've got to say, what is philosophy? I, I look at the Bournemouth game. He didn't just go toe-to-toe with Bournemouth the whole game. When we went down played to played on the counter, men, didn't we? Yeah, we played on the counter. I think he's comfortable yeah. with that away from home. And I think he, he's he been unfortunate because we've lost for Charleston because at home we've been expected to dominate the ball and create chances. But because he's been missing our most you know, creative attack and player, we have struggled because of that. So... I think at the moment, with the players we've got available, playing on the break is perfect for them. Like I say, with Walcott and Richarlison. Is there more changes for us this weekend than, than just Richarlison coming back in? I don't think he's fit. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I can't see who else is going to come back in. Michael Keane's fit, does he come back in? No. So you'd okay. stick with Holgate soon? I, I don't see what, what we're gaining from bringing Keane back in at this stage. I think if you're going to try and build a partnership or at least get the players' minutes, I think you've got to play them two together and see what we can get out of them. So then, predictions? Mills? I'll, I'll start. I'll go 1-1. One, one. Neil? Uh, I will go Everton to win 2-1 as I'm back on the Blues. Well in, Neil. Cheers, mate. A more realistic judge? <sighs> You've called me on as well. <laughs> I'm going to go um, Arsenal 2, Everton 1. Ooh. Listen, the I'm, team, I'm competitive. I, I, want, I want to try and move up this predictions league. And yeah, the Reds are flying in that predictions league, by the way. I'm top, Phil second, Teddy's third. Yeah, because let's be honest, we've all been predicting our teams to win and use a <laughs> more games. That's the bottom line. That's Blues bottom line. do not tweet across the park PC with judgy hate mail. <laughs> Inboxes, and we'll give you the real Twitter. <laughs> well, moving on to you, Reds. Um, Southampton at home. He's got to be confident of. of Absolutely. Ditching yeah. this ditching this two one one nil three two. Old school red's gotta be a four or five nil, surely. Well we were talking earlier saying, you know, we we are we are happy with the way we've started the season and the way we've 
we've seen these games out where last season, season before, we probably would have drew or maybe even lost some of them. Um, you know, we're more than happy with doing what we're doing. But yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't say no to a to a five nil. Like, yeah. you know, who would? Yeah, I mean, if if Southampton absolutely park the bus and it's very hard to break break them down, but we do, and it's one nil or two nil, then it is what it is. But I think we're all waiting to see the front three really, really get it together and start to click. Shakiri not got a start in Southampton. <sighs> I don't think he's got to. I can see where you're coming from, but I think with with Chelsea midweek in, in the League Cup, I think you could you probably see him start there. If I'm not saying he won't on, at the weekend, I wouldn't be overly surprised if you'd maybe seen one, maybe two changes in the sense that Naby Keita will probably come back in. Does Sturridge play? I don't think so, no. If, if Firmino's all right, I think Firmino starts. Yeah, I think... Um, Henderson was awesome against PSG. Real, real captain's performance. So I think it's it's, it's harsh to Do you know what? In. I think I've, I've I've fell into the trap a bit with Henderson of uh, I've listened too much to everyone else. And even while I was watching the game, I was I was in the sitting in the main stand, and while I was watching it, I, I was I was picking up on things that were annoying me about him instead of enjoying his actual yeah, performance. Because you, you can I watch any it, player with a filter. Yeah, yeah. And I watched it back again the next day. I recorded it on BT, and I watched it back the next day and. I sort of took took them them tinted glasses off and watched them, watched it properly, and he was brilliant. Yeah. He really was. He was he was right into challenges, which I've I've slagged him off for in the past. He doesn't get into them half as much as he, he should, and he was in that game. And he, his passing was brilliant. His his positioning was brilliant. I thought I, I really did think he, he had a good game. So yeah, I understand you saying he, it, it's tough to to drop him for the weekend, but. I just think the way we've been in the league, it hasn't been with him playing, especially right. at home. Well, I, think that, I think Milner was looking a little bit tired uh, before the Tottenham game. Who did we play before Tottenham? Leicester. The game before Tottenham, he was starting to look a little bit tired and he's really, really found form again. He's been amazing in the last two games. But I think to get that out of Milner every now and again, you just need to give him a rest. But I think you're probably going to see Henderson get being dropped for navigated again. Um, I think... I'll tell he's, you what, no, I, I, he hasn't been I know, I know at what, the level the others have. I himself. know, but my point is, he's more forward-thinking than Henderson is. Henderson's <laughs> yeah. more of defensive, and I think I, you'll see him more in the away games. I'll be honest with the fact that he didn't play a minute against PSG. I think he's definitely starting to navigate yeah. against Southampton. I think it's an ideal game for him. They're going to park the bus. I'd be surprised he didn't. And Mark Hughes is so bad at setting up teams away from home, isn't he, traditionally? Mm. Yeah. So I, th- I, I mean, think I think Everton beat Southampton. So that tells you all you need to know about them. You're <laughs> 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 talking there about resting players, maybe, and, and the energy, the energy that you get from Trent and Robertson. Would you be surprised to see maybe Moreno play? No, I think again, if he if he's going to get a chance of the season, it's going to be in the League Cup again. The League Cup. Th- talking work rate, those two fullbacks, are, 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 that's work rate. I think if oh you don't God. see, if you don't see a few changes on Saturday where whereas you'll only see maybe Naby Keita coming in and probably Firmino back in then on on the f- in midweek when we play Chelsea you'll um, you'll probably see Firmino playing Shaqiri playing Klein. maybe Moreno not even sure about Klein May, maybe if he's fit and, he, and he's ready to play then maybe Klein yeah. uh, you might even see Mignolet playing um, you know the oh, storage storage might play no he's not fit um, so you know 
I, I don't think you'll see many on on, on Saturday. If we never had that league game coming up, it'd be quite interesting to see. I the think it might Cup, be different. If we didn't have the League Cup game coming up, it'd be interesting to see what, what we do at Southampton. Yeah, your League Cup game's next week, isn't it? Ours has been pushed back a week, so I keep thinking League Cup's a week. Oh, it's yours the week after again? Ours has been pushed again? back because Chelsea are playing on a Sunday and they wouldn't play on a Tuesday. So oh, ours has been right. pushed back the 2nd of October, yeah. So, oh. I mean, this is a perfect couple of games for you, to, for you guys to rotate the squad, surely. Yeah. Predictions, boys? I'm going to say 3 0 against Southampton. Uh, I'm going to go 4 0. I do think what Mills has said there, I think we will. It's we, time. I think it is time, yeah. And I think, I, I'm, I keep saying it, and I, sooner or later, I hope I'm right. I think Salah's going to click into gears. What happens if we don't play Salah and we win 4 0? Um, what happens if clock. you don't get Salah and you get beat? <laughs> that won't happen. Don't worry about I'll it. be out. Don't worry about <laughs> it. We're out, setting. <laughs> yes, with that bit. Eh? Yeah, we'll get Teddy's obviously result. Um, obviously he's away. I've right. got Teddy's. I've already spoke to him. Yeah, he's he's gone for a Liverpool win, four-one. Confident. Danny Ings getting on the score sheet there. Yeah, that, I bet you that's what he's thinking. Guaranteed. He's thinking Allison's playing, isn't he? So yeah. <laughs> can't blame him. Right, so all our predictions will be on the social media. Thanks for listening this week, guys. Keep giving us feedback on social media. We, we, we certainly appreciate it. We have plenty of polls again this week, and we'll try and answer any questions that you do have on next week's show. Don't forget, say hello to the lads if you see us at the games over the weekend. Enjoy the weekend's football. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>